Welcome to the Philippe Matthews Show at thepmshow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features entertainers, bestsellers, authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is the creator of the How Movement, dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to the mindset of why not. Tune in right now to this latest latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show and watch your life grow. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Philippe Matthews Show. And as many of you know, I am a wine nut. Uh, one of the reasons that I came to California is because of the fine wines here in Shenandoah Valley uh, in the uh, uh, Sacramento area. And uh, I found a recent discovery. I'm kind of like Christopher Columbus, even though the damn uh, winery was there long before I showed up. <laughs> but I found this great winery called Hellwig uh, Vineyards, and it is unbelievable. I mean, it's just a world-class uh, uh, vineyard uh, and, and, in my opinion, a destination. And I got a chance to uh, meet with uh, the owner, David Helwig, and his lovely bride, uh, Nancy. And uh, they're just the sweetest couple in the world. They've been married for 35 years. And uh, so I decided to have David uh, get on the phone with me uh, and uh, greet and meet him and introduce David Helwig to uh, the world audience here via the Philippe Matthews Show. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Philippe. How about you? I'm fantastic. Thank you for being on the show today. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to me about where you're from and, and how the, all of this wonderful stuff started. Uh, you are a Midwest guy, just as I am. Uh, what part of the Midwest? Yeah, I was born in uh, central Illinois and then uh, lived outside Chicago for a few years and then Omaha, Nebraska. So, yeah, I'm a Midwest guy. You are a Midwest guy, and, and your bride is a is a uh, West Coast gal. Yeah, she uh, was born and raised in Sacramento and then Southern California, and uh, we both went to college in Chicago, Illinois, and that's where we met. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, if I remember the story correctly, you guys dated four years? Yeah, we actually met uh, the very first weekend at the uh, freshman retreat in um I figured she was the right one at the time, and we ended up dating all through <laughs> The right one at the time. I like that. I might have to use that one for my gal. <laughs> well, there's nobody else around, you know, Cordy said, I guess she'll do, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, obviously, you guys get married. You, you, you uh, start raising a family. Uh, was there ever... Uh, a discussion between the two of you uh, about one day owning your own vineyard? Well, you know, it, it first uh, got into my mind when I would go visit her uh, over the summer while we were in college. And at the time, okay. she, was, she was living in Southern California, and we would go up to the San Ynez Valley and go wine tasting. Okay. And I always thought to myself, you know, someday it would be pretty cool to have a vineyard. <laughs> and uh, that, that's kind of how it got planted. And then uh, we moved back to California, in, um, or moved to California in 1988 after okay. being in Nebraska and North Carolina and Virginia, and then we came out to California. And that um, 
ideas started to germinate more. And then we moved into a new house in 1998, and we actually had a little bit of acreage, and I planted a 50 vines in my backyard and, and started uh, growing grapes. And after about three or four years, I attempted to make some wine. Wow. Wow. So what was that experience like? How did you, I mean, what kind of research did you do, and, and uh, uh, you know, how did it, how did it come out? Well, my wife bought me a book called From Vines to Wine, and it was a great book. And so I just kind of read through that whole thing on uh, how to plant vines and then uh, once they're – and how to tend them and um, and then how to make wine. And uh, the initial wine I made was awful, but I had a great time doing it. But that was the learning curve. That was part of the experience, yeah. right? Right, right, right. The big question was, was it, was it uh, bad grapes or bad winemaking? So. <laughs> Always blame it on the grapes. Always blame it on the grapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one, year, one year I lost all my grapes. Uh, raccoons ate it all. And, uh, oh, my. Yeah, a co-worker of mine actually had a, um, a real vineyard up in uh, Paso Robles. So she let me come up and... Um, Pick some grapes up there, and I actually made some pretty good wine out of it. So I determined it may have been the grapes that I was having problems with. <laughs> <laughs> so, so okay, so you got this little small vineyard, fifty vines, mm-hmm. uh, and so where uh, in the transition did uh, that turn into what the world is experiencing now? As uh, I call it, the Hellwig experience. Uh, uh, the vineyard uh, that is on steroids, literally. We're going to talk about uh, all of the things that this dang vineyard has, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's a, it's a damn near. You'd think Disney did it. I swear to God, it's so much property and so many things to do on the thing. But you know, how did you make the transition <laughs> from where you are, where you were with the fifty vines, to the larger vineyard, the larger vineyard? Well, in the early uh, the early 2000s, I decided that you know it'd be fun to have vineyards once uh, we retired. So I started searching, um, and spent about five or six years uh, before we ended up buying our first vineyard up in uh, El Dorado County, which and part of the Shenandoah Valley. Okay. And we ended up purchasing that in um, actually on Valentine's Day, um, 2006. And I was still working full time, and we uh, leased the vineyard to the winery across the street, and, which was great. And part of our payment was wine, so we could periodically go up and have fun in the vineyard and have good wine, but not have to manage it while I was nice. still working full time. Yeah, so that that was a nice deal. Um, and then we um, um, started to get more serious uh, when. Um, I decided to retire early, uh, which was in late uh, 2006, uh, early 2007. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was in the health insurance business, and uh, we had been bought out a couple of years before, and uh, I was either going to be spending a whole lot more time in Indianapolis, uh, or I could decide it was time to move on and do something else. And now, was this your own firm? Uh, no, no. I worked for a company called WellPoint. Okay. Okay. Sure. And the health insurance. Well, you obviously did very well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was there a long time. It started out as Blue Cross of California back in 1988, and it was um, almost bankrupt at that time. Didn't it? Okay. Uh, 
when I left, uh, we were the largest health plan in the country, and we were in about a dozen states. So, and was that all all based on 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 uh, uh, your resources? Because I mean, you you obviously have done very well, so you must have been the top sales guy in the company. <laughs> I, I was as I was actually the chief actuary when I started. So. There you go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. So. <laughs> So anyway, in uh, 2007, there was another vineyard that came available that we uh, purchased in the area, um, and we were and it actually um, had a winery building on it. It was a foreclosure, and the building was empty because everything was sold in bankruptcy. And we were thinking of opening a winery there, and then uh, the property uh, where Helwig sits right now became available, and it is. Mm. Uh, as you know, right on the main drag there in the Shenandoah Valley, mm-hmm. uh, beautiful hilltop, and we decided, you know, this is too good of an opportunity to pass up. Uh, it was raw land at the time, and so and bought that in the end of '08 and planted the vines in the spring of 2009. And, okay. Uh, when you plant, you have to wait anywhere from three to four years before you can uh, get the fruit off of it. Um, and then we started uh, working with uh, an architectural firm called Sage out of um, Sacramento and mm-hmm. started designing uh, the winery there at the top of the hill. And we also um, decided that caves would be a great thing to have because uh, with this hilltop, we could put the caves, you know, kind of going through the hill. And I wow. like caves. Um, in fact, in my... My backyard here in, in uh, Southern California, I, I, I dug in about a, a, a 15-foot cave to, to, to store my wine. So, wow! <laughs> so you, you give a whole new word to and meaning to the word caveman. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, how large is the cave uh, at at uh, Hillwood uh, Vineyard? Because I think it's the largest cave in Shenandoah. Yeah, it's it's about 5,000 square feet. Uh, wow. So it's a good-sized cave, and so we can fit uh, several hundred barrels in there, plus we have a dining area. Um, so that, that cave started in June of um, 2010 and was completed about August of the following year. So it, it took a while to uh, to get that completed. Wow. that's a, Well, that's a lot of, uh, lot of digging and, and, and uh, you know, fortifying the, uh, the perimeter and the, the whole thing. I mean, that's a, just absolutely incredible. But you didn't stop there, uh, Dave. Uh, you, you you had to put in a pavilion, mm-hmm. and you had to put in an amphitheater. Yeah, yeah. Well, the um, <laughs> it, it, it's interesting how this all came out. As we were working with the architects, they, they had looked at a um, one of our early logos in the shape of an H, and they thought, you know, it'd be cool to have you know four buildings that kind of shape of an H, and if you if you fly over our property, you can see the H in there. Oh wow! Uh, which which kind of forced us to have four structures. <laughs> so so we had a we had a, a tasting room and a winery as two structures, and then we decided to include the picnic pavilion and then the um, uh, the three sisters events room. Uh, so we have four buildings there. Um, and they uh, we, they did a great job, the architects and, and us, on um, laying out the structures to take advantage of the views so that 
the uh, picnic pavilion, you know, faces north and just has a gorgeous view of the of the vineyards and the pond behind. And, yeah, it seems that that no stone was left unturned. That it was really, really highly planned. Uh, obviously, not thrown together. It was a lot of money, I'm sure, to to build the darn thing. Uh, and um, so, so with the pavilion, how many people uh, does the pavilion hold? I think we could sit about 125 down for a dinner uh, in the wow. pavilion, which we've done that with the wedding. Wow, that's and, awesome. Yeah, the amphitheater actually kind of um, just happened. It, that wasn't planned. There, there was a, a really? back side of the hill. Yeah, the back side of the hill, we always thought um, it'd be a great place someday to have concerts and stuff, and people could throw out blankets, and we'd eventually have an amphitheater over off to the side. But when we were digging the cave, in the initial plans, we wanted to have on the north side enough area for you know, small events and appetizers and things before people went into the cave for dinner. And uh, they started digging. And I get this call from my son, who's our winemaker and, and lives up there. Mm-hmm. And he basically said, Dad, you realize how big this area is in the, on the north side of the, of the cave and how huge the retaining walls are going to be. So uh, the next time we were up there, we we were (laughs) checking it out, and we were going to have these huge 30-, 40-foot retaining walls. Wow. And and the guy digging the cave said, you know, why don't we try to terrace this? And then, you know, the light bulb went off and said, well, maybe we can get our amphitheater right here. Wow. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) (laughs) So he terraced it, uh, you know, put beautiful terracing in there, and... um, uh, there was a cave guy that did that, and we lined it with uh, artificial turf so we didn't have to worry about maintenance. Oh, nice. It ended, up being, it ended up being just a fantastic place for an amphitheater. We can fit about 600 people. and uh, 600 just, people. Wow, that is amazing. So Now, I know you guys do a lot of jazz there. Um, uh, are, do you have other genres of music or, or, or events or, or looking to expand? Yeah, in fact, we we just announced our summer concert series, and so our first one is June twenty second, and uh, we start off with uh, Lee Rocker of the Stray Cats. Nice. A little rockabilly there, and then little Texas band comes in. Uh, they're a country western. Then we have a jazz. Then Pablo Cruz comes in in September, and uh, we end it with Greg Raleigh, who um, uh, started Santana with Carlos Santana. So. Wow, nice, nice. So uh, it, it would be really great to say that, okay, well, let's just stop there. Okay, that's enough. We've got a pavilion, we've got an amphitheater, we've got a cave, but no, Dave Helwig has more. Uh, the experience of Helwig is much, much more. You also have a bed and breakfast. Uh, and a chateau. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The um, the bed and breakfast was um, you know, that we weren't planning on that, but it kind of came on the market. And we thought, you know, this is a perfect opportunity because you know we want to do a lot of also corporate events, um, corporate retreats, corporate meetings, and um, there aren't that many places right now to stay up in the Plymouth area. And mm-hmm. it was a four star B and B, beautiful place, and we thought it'd be great. Great synergy to you know to have um, 
uh, corporate retreats. So if you've got a team of seven or so, you could come up and stay at the B&B and meet at the winery, have dinner down in the cave, et cetera. And the, Very nice. Uh, the chat, yeah, the chateau was actually um, part of that uh, bank foreclosure property that we got that had a beautiful house on it. And we thought about living there ourselves, but it just wasn't our style. So we decided that we've turned that into a vacation rental home that can uh, sleep up to 12. Gorgeous property, overlooks the vineyards. There's a pond and a pool, and so it's a great place um, for family retreats or you know, five or six couples that want to get away for the weekend and uh, just relax and enjoy some wine tasting. That's incredible. You know, I think I probably should call you like the Donald Trump of wine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, next you're going to have your own private jet uh, with, uh, you know, probably a vineyard inside the jet. Uh, how? <laughs> maybe, maybe I can get the Hellwig show on the the Philip Matthew show. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I think we're gonna we're gonna take this big things. You know, who, who knows? I mean, now uh, the thing about this is, you know, there are a lot of great wineries, obviously in in Shenandoah. But one of the things when I came to Shannon, when I came to California, and Kirk got introduced to Shenandoah, I, you know, I was a cat that just knew about. Um, uh, uh, what the, the what's the <laughs> now I can't even remember it now. Uh, what's the main uh, main vineyard that everybody knows about in, in uh, on the west coast here? Oh, probably things like Mondavi and Gallo and <laughs> yeah, and and uh, so most people you know associate that with you know California. But when I came here, I said, oh my gosh, Shenandoah Valley, this is kind of like an unheard of. Best, you know, best kept secret. Uh, yeah. And yeah, everybody's heard of Napa. Nobody's heard of Shenandoah. That's the one I couldn't think of because obviously I go to Shenandoah so doggone much. I couldn't think of it. Napa Valley. Everybody associates wine with California, Napa Valley, but Shenandoah Valley, uh, the wines are just as good, if not better. Uh, and you, what you've done is help make it a destination point. I believe is that one of the yeah. things that you kind of had in the, in the back of your mind is to make this kind of like a world-class uh, uh, place where people can come and congregate? Yes, we did. Because, it, it, as you know, it's such a gorgeous area, and it's yeah. a great location, you know, halfway between, you know, Sacramento and Tahoe. And, it, yeah, it was. It was pretty unknown. In fact, you know, you talk to people in Sacramento, and, you know, quite a few of them have no idea that that even exists and that it's only, you know, 45 minutes out their back door. You know, that's, you, you bring up a great point. What do you, why do you think that is, that even the people that's where this is literally in their own backyard, uh, if you will, they're not aware of it? What do, you, what do we need to do here? Well, you know, in the past, the Valley really hasn't done uh, a whole lot of marketing of itself. Um, uh, it was kind of a, a sleepy county and you know, small family-run vineyards and wineries, and they were mm-hmm. kind of happy with the way things were going. Um, and, you know, and as you say, Napa is so well-known, and Napa's not that far from Sacramento, so people just kind of think of wine, they think of Napa. Um, so we're trying to change that. And it's when So did you, get any, did you get any or receive any, uh, you know, as a result of, of Shenandoah kind of being a mom-and-pop winery, uh, uh, you know, destination, uh, did you get any pushback? Uh, because you are kind of like the, you know, uh, the big kahunas on the block there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
a lot of people were very excited. There, there were there were some though that they view the pie as only so big, and you know mm-hmm. every bottle of wine I sold was a bottle they didn't sell. And mm. I'm trying to people, this pie can be a whole lot bigger. Uh, you know, we we can get a whole lot more people coming up to the valley to buy the wine, and the more they come up, the more they'll sell. And so I, it's it's been. Um, I think we've been very well received by the folks up there. There are a lot of good folks up there, and, and we really enjoy uh, working with them. Now, for inquiry minds, only because I'm probably the only person that, that uh, can ask this question, because everyone else probably would be afraid to, and that is literally how much uh, did it cost to, to build uh, and produce uh, a vineyard of, of, of this magnitude? Uh, well, it's, it, it is in the millions. I mean, so it's, it's a it's a big investment. So, would it be seven? Would it be eight? Would it be nine figures? What what kind of what area are we looking at? Just just in general. At the lower end of your, you know, below what you your first number. Okay, so it couldn't be six figures. <laughs> no, it's it's more. So it's seven figures, seven eight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fantastic. So. Um, for those, uh, you know, giving advice to to uh, uh, some folks out there who who might have the same idea as you, uh, say one day I would like to have a vineyard, uh, they need to save up uh, their pities, huh? Yeah, yes, they do. Yeah, no matter. Or or have a great retirement plan, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, because well, no matter where you do it, there is a, a big startup investment. Uh, start <laughs> Absolutely. All right, let's talk about your wines, uh, uh, David. We've been we've been talking about the the, the actual building and all of the wonderful amenities, uh, but the wine is actually very good. Uh, and so, uh, what? How do you attribute that? Talk to us about the type of wines that you have, and when someone comes to a wine taste, what kind of experience are they going to have at the uh, at the uh, wine bar? Yeah. Well, our wine is. Uh, we, my son likes to make it. You know. Uh, uh, drink, buy now, drink now. Um, you know, not wine that there's, that you need to buy and sit down for two, three years before you can enjoy it. So mm-hmm, we want mm-hmm. people to be able to buy the wine and enjoy it when they bring it home. But it also wine that if they want to lay it down for a year or two, will will continue to improve. Um, it's considered kind of fruit forward, so you do taste a lot of the fruit. Uh, the area is known for Zinfandel. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, um, the, one of the oldest Zinfandel vines in the country is there. It was planted in the 1850s, still producing some wonderful fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We're also beginning to be known for Barbera. There's some fantastic Barbera in the area. But um, we have quite a range. Though. We have Syrah and Petit Syrah and Tempranillo, um, Mouvedre, uh, whites, we have Sauvignon Blanc, Vignet, Roussan, Marsan. So we have quite a variety of wines um, that are available for people to come up and try. Fantastic. What is, do you have a favorite wine that you like to relax with? Uh, I love the Barbera. Uh, and I mm-hmm. love uh, some of our, uh, our Petit Syrah. Um, but the, the Barbera is very smooth. Fantastic. So... Uh, what are the hours uh, of the uh, venue? Uh, our tasting rooms open every day from 10:30 to 4:30. Okay, and how can people um, get 
uh, in contact uh, uh, and find the vineyard? Where can they go? The website? Yeah, they can just go to hellwickwinery.com, and um, the directions are right on there. Or if they want to call, it's uh, 209-245-5200. Or they can check us out on Facebook. Fantastic. I'm almost afraid to ask this question. That is, what do you what what's next? What is the ultimate goal? <laughs> what is the ultimate goal for Hellwig Vineyard? Oh my God! Let me sit down here while I ask this question. <laughs> well, actually, you know, the, the, really, the, the ultimate goal is what we talked about before. We want Amador to become a uh, you know world class destination that you know people all over the not just in Sacramento, but all over the state, all over the country, and all over the world want to come and, and visit Amador. Because, uh, like I said, it's a beautiful location, great wine, mostly you know family-owned, uh, laid-back, uh, just a great place to visit and have some really good wine. Absolutely. Well, that is absolutely a fact. Uh, and I thank you for, for building this vineyard and bringing it to uh, uh, Shenandoah. And uh, I am just... Uh, blessed, obviously, to be able to uh, uh, be born uh, in a time to be able to experience Hellweg Vineyards. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I mean, I'm telling you, 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 you go to the website. Unfortunately, the website doesn't do it justice. I mean, there's, it's a beautiful website, and they've got gorgeous pictures, but it is nothing like standing on those grounds and uh, having the actual experience. And I've gone to many, many vineyards. Uh, uh, all over the planet, and uh, this is truly a uh, an experience and a destination. And you guys even have uh, a cork tree. Yes, we do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most, most, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, yeah. Most people don't know where corks are from, so we decided let's put a tree up here so we can show them how, you know, where the corks come from. Unbelievable! It's 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 a work of art. It's a museum. It's uh, the ultimate wine experience. David, thank you so much for being with me today uh, and bringing the Hellwig uh, Vineyard uh, experience to me. I would love to uh, uh, invite you back and have you back on the show if if you would be so kind to do so and talk about some of the upcoming things that you guys are are doing and into. Yeah, it would be great, Philippe. All right, my friend. I look forward to talking to you soon. Okay. Thanks very much. Uh, all right, you take care. Okay, bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.